0: Don't get me wrong. We love an Oprah, Barbara Walters moment. But I don't know about you. Like, my body is ready for the new wave. Like, we are ready. And lucky for you, we have the menage a trois, the threesome of your broadcasting wet dreams today. Okay? (laughs) Let me introduce to you, let me introduce to you two Fabulous, smart, pounding the pavement, hot, young, up and coming broadcasters here in Nashville. It's funny that we're all here and we're on Zoom, but that's okay. You guys are going to get the experience like you are in bed with us. Um, First things first, beneath us is Erin Cooper. You guys have seen her on Cancel Me Baby before. Okay. She is host of uh, Top 40 Radio over at 1067. She deems herself. The multimedia queen of Nashville. Yes. Okay. And we also have Lindsay Nance. Lindsay's interesting. is this gorgeous blonde bombshell over here. And she's interesting because she comes from a traditional media background. She worked at um WSMB, which is a local affiliate here. And now she is a correspondent at Jay Cutler's Outlet Outsider. Again, moving and shaking. These girls are hobnobbing. Um, Like you're truly with the celebs, like people on, like the people you want to know. So without further ado, Lindsay and Erin, welcome to Cancel Me Baby. We are going to get into it today, girls. Yes.
1: I'm pumped.
0: Hello. Thank you you for joining me. So we are going to have everybody a really cool conversation today about Kind of like what I said, you know, the clash of ideas, media trends, where we're at, where we're going, men, women, and, you know, the crazy of it all. So I'm going to start with the obvious. You know, our culture likes to ignore that appearances are the first thing that we see, our first Mm -hmm. impressions, right, and how we present ourselves. And something that I really respect and love about you both is that you are hot tamales. Like you are not hiding how hot you are while you are out on the field, holding your own, having interviews, being journalists, being articulate, but you guys are like, you're dressed, you dress sexy and for your bodies and hot. So talk about that. Is it freeing to express yourself and also be like, yeah, but I'm a boss bitch journalist too. (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um,
2: Well, like Lindsay, my uh, job before I worked at Hot 106.7 was at a local news station in Chattanooga. So I started out in local news and uh, I did not feel free to express myself through my style. We had a rule where we had to wear dresses that covered our shoulders. Like I could not wear a dress like this on like if this much of my shoulders were showing, I couldn't wear Mm -hmm. it. Um, and as I'm sure Lindsay understands, um, I, <laughs> I was a, uh, a morning reporter for about a year and, uh, I've looked my worst in front of thousands of people. I, um, I would get called out of bed at two o'clock in the morning to go to a house fire an hour away and wouldn't have time to put on my eyelashes and my makeup. And I would just stand in front of the camera for four hours asleep uh, looking terrible. And, um, you know, but that's fine though. Like, because my job was to deliver the news and the important information that people needed. So I didn't care what I looked like. So now that I'm able to be happier uh, and feel free to express myself in my new position, um, I dress and look how I want. And that makes me happy. So
1: I love that. And I relate to that on a lot of levels. Um, I think with me, the change in wardrobe was it's kind of just a confidence thing. I, I remember when I came into news, like they, they hired me knowing what I look like. I, I walk in the door and they're like, we need your hair less blonde. We need less eye makeup here. It's too sexy. People's husbands aren't going to watch you. And I'm like, who? Gives what I'm wearing, like just listen to what I'm saying. Listen to the news. I'm, I worked really hard on this story, and so that that was like right out of college. And so my, you know, you know how it is right out of school, first job. My confidence immediately was just like, Pfft. I'm like, am I built for this? I don't know if I'm built for this. So then you're, you're thinking about your appearance the entire time. I'm like, well, shoot, is everyone just staring at my hair? It, it's too like I had to cut it. I had to do that whole shebang. Um, And then that just depends on what boss you have. Like, obviously your station was extremely strict. Uh, And then I had other bosses that were like, hey, it's okay to show a little bit of skin. Like, it's fine. And I'm like, it was like coming from a man. And I'm like, hey, just stop. Don't even comment on that. So in my eyes with this new job, I just try to dress in whatever makes me feel confident because as broadcasters, you all know, confidence is keen. So I try and wear something that's flattering, that looks good, that I can move around in, but it's very freeing to be able to choose what you wear.
0: And it's like, we can have it all. I mean, here I am in a turtleneck, but my nipples are out. And so it's like, you know, why be, I mean, hey, like, you know, have a pantsuit with cleavage. What's that, Lindsay?
1: It's classy, sexy. I love
0: that. Thank you. Well, I'm going to talk you both up because even in your recent stuff, You really embody this, Aaron, you just sat down with Louie Tomlinson of One Direction and Aaron's wearing these like kick ass boots. She's wearing these like brown leather pants like this. It is like it is a moment. It's exactly this. Lindsay, you too. Again, little hot tamale. She was just on a red carpet with songwriters. Taylor Swift was there. And it is like Pam Anderson. Like she has like this tight red dress, which I have one very similar. We should take a picture on a carpet um, with, a, with the be twins but like showing her curves and the whole thing. And do you notice the difference of, because of that confidence, how people perceive you in interviews versus when you had to be all stuffy before, like with the hair and a pants, you know, whatever it is.
1: Mm-hmm. It's such a hard balance too, because I mean, especially being on a red carpet, I think when I'm getting ready for something like that and I know I'm about to interview a man, their wives are usually there. So I don't want to make the wives uncomfortable because that that's, I don't know. If I saw some little blonde in a really tight dress going to interview my man, I, I would just immediately hate her. I don't want people to feel that way about me because I am very traditional, but I still want to look good on camera. So it's such a hard balance. So it's like, like I was saying, the classy, sexy, something you're confident in, but something that's not distracting to others or will make people in the media just kind of like disrespect you.
0: But it's that new wave I was talking about earlier. Again, like we have the icons, the Barbara Walters, even like the Hoda's, right? But it's always that sort of like buttoned up, you know, <laughs> look to be respected and professional and in a lot of ways. It's like, well, that's just not us. Like- yeah, and then
1: is just like full on leg shots.
0: (laughs) What is? Oh, box?
1: Yeah.
0: Right.
2: I love what we're saying about how dressing also boosts our confidence, which in the end is going to help us deliver Mm -hmm. a better product, which is the whole point, right? We want our outcome to be the best that it can be. And there's so many factors that go into that. And I think what even plays into the dress dressing the part quite literally is when i sit down and i interview the artists with with my job my goal every time is if the artist is having a good time and they feel comfortable then they are going to give a great interview that fans will want to watch and they will enjoy which is the whole point we're doing it right is to be that bridge between fans and the artists, which is incredible. So if you are doing whatever you can to create that successful space, I guess we'll call it, then you're going to get a better product. And they're definitely, like, it's a, it's a hard balance because leaving my um, very uh, strict wardrobe station, even with the, the outfit that you mentioned with Louie, like, I had an entire like it was a one shouldered top and I had like all of this out and I had like my like I don't know this much of my back was showing when I would like bend over I was like oh my gosh is this appropriate to wear and then it's like you're with you know you're with 13 other you know girls between the ages of 15 and 20 something and a member of One Direction and you're working for the radio like it's okay to dress fun and to dress like your audience so
0: yeah. Exactly. That's something that I am just coming around to after being this business for a decade now. And mm-hmm. I want to touch on something, Lindsay, you brought up, which was kind of like a, a little comment, but that speaks volumes. And you were like, you know, a man here at my work is telling me to dress like this. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting because something else I'm coming around to. I have the backs of men, Aaron, you and I talked about this at Blended Festival. Like I have the backs of men a lot because I think that they are not all bad and get a bad rap. However, something I'm coming around to is the idea of men, Lindsay, to your point in a work setting, perhaps boxing women in to look a certain way, because it's almost like they know that like, I'm sorry, a middle-aged guy with a beer gut can't compete with this right and they know that and now I've come around to like you know what I always like you to dress to be taken seriously like if I look at my old carpet stuff I'm like what is happening here like get rid of the grandma clothes and (laughs) now I'm like you know what I'm gonna unleash it all so if you're in a meeting and you can't concentrate because you got your dick in your hand with a boner while I'm articulating these ideas pal that's your problem right like that idea so talk to me because something that's been a little bit of culture shock I'm not gonna lie I I've always been on both coasts very liberal area bubbles like I'm from New England worked and lived in Manhattan and LA um and coming here again it's really opened my eyes because I've met with a lot of women our age who are like Taylor you're gonna see it is the little misogynistic things like in a way you've been in bubbles and it may be in even in the workplace like kind of underhanded or small or not so blatant and you're gonna see so have you guys experienced that here in Nashville um talk to me about that and that you know experiencing that perhaps
2: you want to go or you want me to uh personally I haven't uh thankfully in Nashville I have not experienced that here um Nashville is probably the more um I guess we'll say like loose sort of more like free flowing area in the South I've lived in. I've lived in Alabama in terms of the South. I grew up in DC, but I've lived in Alabama. I lived in Chattanooga and I've lived here. Um, I did experience it a ton in Chattanooga when I was working for the news. And guys, um, that's
0: in, that's outside of Nashville for anyone mm-hmm. listening. Cause I have a lot of listeners, like I said, on both coasts. So that was what two sure. hours outside Nashville.
2: Yeah. It's two hours South. So it's more okay. South than Nashville, right above Georgia. Um, and I had uh, I had a supervisor call me one time when I was working for the news um, and say, we had a viewer call and said that the top you were wearing today looked like a wedding dress. So you can't wear that anymore because someone called. And I was like, first of all, it's a cute top. But second of all, who who has the time to literally track down the news station phone number, call the news station and say, "Erin Cooper was wearing a shirt I didn't like. Please let her know that I didn't like it."
0: Mm-hmm. What? Anyway, mm-hmm. but- <laughs> and Lin- and Lindsay, you're from are you're from Tennessee? Is that right? You're yeah. from here? Yeah. So, so
1: thank. I I like, I knew what I was getting into. I know people, especially news watchers around here are extremely traditional, um, usually conservative when you're outside of the Nashville bubble. Uh, But I, I probably had someone email me or call the station once every three days about something I was wearing, whether that's, I mean, sometimes it was just like, that's not your color. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's no it's not your color um, or it being too tight and it used to bother me so bad and it would get in my mind that was the worst part then I'm gonna go I see that email or a Facebook message I go on air and I flub a word because I'm like is it too tight like can is this c through right now and it's so annoying I'm like just shut up but I I dealt with that all the time. I feel like I barely ever picked anything right for on air. And y'all know how it is with the lighting. It looks good in your house. Then you get on there and like all of Nashville knows you're wearing a black bra today. It's it's hard being a girl.
0: (laughs) And it's interesting because they would never call a dude broadcaster and be like, his tie, it just ain't sitting right today. Like on aforementioned beer gut. You know what I mean? Like it would never go the other way. And it's, it's things like that. I think that people, even like me, like I said, it's culture shock because I wouldn't even you know, normally think of stuff like that. And you two are both in interesting positions because something else I'm coming to see is how people will say, even with country music, right. They'll say it's very much still, um, you know, white male dominated. And what's interesting is it's like what I said before, you know, what's the balance of acknowledging this and also bringing them into the fold and making it like a happy family for all. And again, like they're not all bad. You both have male mentors in a way, like Lindsay, you with um, Jay Cutler um, over at outsider and Aaron, I know you were talking when we were at blended festival festival about your male mentor. So talk about it from that end. It's like, I could see it. And I talk with artists who speak about the male dominated industry all the time. However, I'm in this boat. Like, how do you kind of see it from both sides? Go for it, Lindsay. It's
1: a good question. I think since I'm just now starting to dip back into sports, I'm so used to that by now because I've been, I've been like only girl in the room, only girl in the locker room since I started school. So you get used to that. You get used to the looks, to people thinking you don't know your stuff. Um, I haven't had any type of experience like that here with outsider. Cause I think I, I have such a different background than they did coming in news. It was kind of like instant credibility and respect. And sure. they knew, I think they just respected me enough to know they shouldn't cross any lines. Uh, part of that is on the female too. Like just coming in and getting your work done and holding yourself with grace and confidence. Yeah. It's really got to be a, a dirt bag for them to, to do a power play on you. And we also have a female CEO that's like mm-hmm. one of the most boss ass bitches I've ever met in my entire life. She just walks in and commands a room. I and that. so I, I've seen them. She was in all of the pre-meetings, I think, intentionally for my two male bosses to show me like, we have a woman here that's over one of us and, and that calls the shots too and can give a different perspective, which was such a breath of fresh air for me.
0: And Erin, before you hop in, I love hearing that. It reminds me of when I interviewed Dave Portnoy of barstool the founder of barstool sports and they are notorious i mean Lindsay, you know working in sports for being you know frat boy and misogynistic and all this and he talked to me about you know one of many examples of how they've pushed women to the forefront in digital media and all this and how erica their ceo was the best decision that um, they ever made you know so I it's interesting because I like I love to see that I think that's where it happens like I always love to say I I I never want to be no one wants to be a quota like I never want to get anything because I'm a woman I love to mm-hmm. see how it's like she came in here he's like she she's the best decision our company like for our company ever we exploded and this and that we're continuing to and that kind of thing it's like versus you know complaining about it like being in that role, walking the walk, making it happen. It's like action speak louder Um, because so many times, like, I don't know about you guys. I think for me, again, it's subtle, but things where I'll take meetings or be pitching myself to these men at these, you know, digital outlets and, and news organizations. And they're so subpar. I'm like, how the fuck did you get this job? No offense. Right. So it's stuff like so mediocre, so it's stuff, it's little subtle things like that, right? Where we need to just like come in and run the show. Aaron. Well,
2: I, first, I want to comment on how awesome it is, Taylor, that you brought us together. Because, Lindsay, my first job in broadcast for four years was working for SEC Network at Alabama. It was in sports too. <laughs> so we need to have like our own little like vent sesh about everything. And so I could. when you... When you were saying about, you know, obviously working in sports, it is very male dominated. I am very proud to say that when I was working at the um, SEC Network ESPN affiliate at uh, the University of Alabama, my mentors uh, with the experience I had were very encouraging of me. I never felt like uh, I was excluded from any, I, I don't think I was ever excluded from anything for any reason. Um, and there were several live broadcasts. Um, when I wasn't sideline reporting, I would do some like uh, associate producing or stuff in the, in the booth. And there was one time where the, there was like, I don't know, there's like 12 people in the room for a studio broadcast like that. And the only two men in the room were the guys that were teaching the rest of these students that were working and everyone else was a woman and it was the coolest thing ever. And they even kind of stopped and commented on that and was like, this is awesome. Like we're the only two guys in here, this entire basketball broadcast that's on sec network right now is being put on by 20 year old women, Mm -hmm. like literally 20 Mm -hmm. years old. So cool. Uh, And then now uh, at my radio station, my mentor, my boss, Joe Breezy is so incredible so inclusive has done nothing but boost my confidence and tell me constantly Aaron be yourself we love who you are you know don't feel like you need to change yourself for anything we brought you on because we love what you do and we love who you are and he is the program director uh at hot 1067 but then the other two uh technically three in-house personalities that we don't syndicate from other areas are women. It's literally him and then three women, my wonderful colleagues. And then his boss who overlooks all of the stations at my building is a woman, Barb, and she's amazing. And
0: shout out to Barb. Shout out to oh, you, Barb. my girl. <laughs> oh, no. Barb. So- um, so I cannot
2: say enough wonderful things about my current position, um, and I I have I do feel very fortunate and privileged to uh, have mentors that are men that uplift me. Sure. Have I have never felt discriminated against uh, in sure. those specific situations? So,
0: yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yes, let's not forget you, Barb. Like we're here, we're here for you. Your and your energy is Big Barb energy is here in spirit. Um before we pivot, you know, something about this dialogue too that is often left out, though, is that they kind of go hand in hand, is the other side of this coin to where, like you, Erin, I've experienced many men in my career who have paved the way for me and uplifted me and carved out opportunities for me. Um, You know, another side of that that people talk about behind closed doors is how women on the surface are very yay, rah, rah, but are very competitive. I've had women bosses who have cut me down. They're both modding. Yes. Who have, you know, undercut me and, almost try to act like a man right to make up for it but it's like in in turn you guys are worse like what are you doing what is that about I know you guys are both like yes I could see it
1: mm-hmm. with women
0: yep <laughs> with <laughs> these that. eyes bulged out of her head yes yep but I I dealt
1: with that at work a little bit I don't even want to say which job but just like dealing mm-hmm. with coworkers again getting in my head talking about my appearance why are you wearing that um what'd you do different to your hair today That's don't the do that, with your arms. that right Lindsay? Weird. like
0: from women like the women on women critiquing it's
1: so much worse. yeah so i'll deal with them any day over working with a room full of women and it's a lot of it is broadcast women not not everybody um but god if I wouldn't have been bullied so heavy in high school and college I would have been toast
0: ditto but, girl uh, I feel same, that
1: it's the same thing like it would be I would about to be going on air literally like counting down in my ear three two and she'd be like don't fuck up don't do that weird thing with your hand and I'm like can you leap? can you and we are very, very good friends. It was almost like an older sister, younger sister scenario, and she'd help me out a lot. And then other times would try and get in my head, and I'm like, I just would never. There's, I just wouldn't.
0: See, that's not okay, Erin. So, I know you as well.
1: Long time, though.
0: Yeah. I-
2: <laughs> oh, Lindsay, man, do I feel you? Um, I, I had a. a female um I won't even specify colleague I uh, don't like
1: don't come kill me please (laughs)
2: um at a a prior occupation um that uh was going to give me some constructive like feedback like you know when you're in broadcast and your manager wants to either air check you in radio is what they call it now or they you know want to look over your material Um, in the multiple years I was at this job, I think I was, um, brought aside one time to go over my work, to give any sort of, and this was, you know, I was a very young broadcaster who was craving feedback, got it once nine months in. So I'd been there nine months. Nothing had been said to me. The only critique I took away from it was, what do you do to your eyebrows have you considered doing less to your eyebrows and i don't believe this particular individual was in any sort of position to be commenting on someone's appearance especially when the point of the meeting was to help a broadcaster improve and out things in their storytelling to do better on and as we can see the uh the brows are full on caterpillars but uh, I like them so first thing
0: I noticed oh my god it's so like Brooke Shields nostalgic chic yes obsessed I actually meant to point that out earlier yes love them (laughs) yes so
2: yes uh to, to Lindsay's point I mean I I I probably I would say overall between men and women, I'm very thankful that I've had uh, a mostly favorable experience overall, but it does, it totally goes both ways in different ways with how you can be treated.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I was going to wrap this sort of portion is even when you were talking about working in sports, Lindsay, you're like, so we're going to have a vending session. It's really going to go down. Like Barb's going to be the moderator. It's just really going to be a moment. (laughs) But I just think, you know, it doesn't, you know, exactly, Erin, it goes both ways. And I don't think that it serves us to kind of gloss one over. Like it's always yay, rah, rah with women when in fact it, it is from both ends. And sometimes in some cases, like worse on one end than the other. Right. So acknowledging that and bringing that to light, I think, so people can get their shit together. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Something Aaron that you and I had talked a little bit about is the crazy clash of ideas here in Nashville. I have never, I've only been here a couple of weeks. I've never experienced anything like it because again, I've always been in sort of a bubble And I'm wondering for you girls as broadcasters on very public platforms, talking to very public people, how you go up, like number one, what you are experiencing and noticing, um, with again, like such divided people in one place and how you're advised to kind of go about it, like what pitches are approved, what talking points are approved, you know, how political, so to speak, um, or culturally, you know, one way or the other, are we going to get with, with this topic or that segment or this interview, like talk about walking that line through all of this. I think the way
2: I walk the line, at least because I, I primarily talk to artists at this point. Um, I'm not really interviewing, um, athletes as much anymore, anything like that. But I walk the line, I don't want to say by not walking the line, but I am there to talk to an artist about their music. I am there to get them to give oftentimes a live audience and also a digital audience. I'm giving my point is to give them joy. And so I am not a gotcha girl anymore. I'm done. I I was the hard news journalist where every day I had to make people uncomfortable. My job was to ask people important questions, but hard questions and questions nobody wanted to answer. And that made me feel terrible. So, you know, I, I was never, well, let's use Louis Tomlinson as an example. There's been some One Direction member-related drama in the news from various members, and there have been so many journalists on huge, 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 huge platforms that have been the gotcha person and Mm -hmm. asked, you know, these members about other members they haven't spoken to in years. Like, what's the point? And then they get uncomfortable, and then they're in a bad mood for the rest of the interview, and it shows, and fans don't want to see that, right? Right. So- when I prep for my interviews it's about the music it is about you know praising their work that I genuinely enjoy and it's about giving everyone involved a good experience so I I did the get political thing I'm here to talk about your work and anything else the artist wants to talk about and that's about it now if there there was an example um A couple weeks ago, I had an artist come in who had chosen publicly to kind of put out indicators that he and his other very famous former girlfriend had broken up. And it was days before he was going to release a song. And this artist is so, so cool. Um, Really, really sweet person. And everybody wanted to know if their song. That they were kind of doing a rap battle, as he said, on their Instagram stories with, like, they were literally referencing each other's song lyrics. So it's like, okay, these two artists are publicly, consciously choosing to put this out for everyone to see. Clearly, they're okay with that. So I can ask about that, right? Because they chose to do that. Right. So instead of being like, did so-and-so, did, did you and so-and-so break up? Let's talk about it what's the T? I do okay so you and your former partner have corresponding lyrics was that intentional sure. he said yes right and then I said is this how you're healing is this the healing process for you I didn't and exactly. then exactly
0: yeah and that was yeah, And that was yep. the
2: first time that he had spoken publicly. He told me this. He said, thank you for creating an environment yeah. where I feel comfortable to talk about this. This is the first time I've publicly spro- spoken about the breakup.
0: Exactly. I'm so I've never even when I was with the us weeklies and the vultures, like the gotcha thing has never been my thing. It just it's like you said, it just makes you feel like crap. And Lindsay, before I pivot to you, I want to tell my audience a little bit more about your work because you're here in Nashville. And what you're doing at Outsider is interesting because you're super in the mix of all sides of the culture. You're talking to restaurateurs local artists, um, you know, celebrities, songwriters. And meanwhile, so I, I can only imagine, like you are probably hearing all sorts of opinions, which I, which I love. Um, But what's interesting is Jay Cutler, who is, you know, who is, what is he co-founder of Outsider, your organization? Like he is known to be, which I love about him. And like the Aaron Rodgers, like he'll say what he wants. Like he is pretty vocal about stuff, which I like. So Talk about that and um, how you're advised and how, again, you go about going there with people on the ground.
1: I think my approach is very similar to what y'all have been talking about. Anyone I interview or meet is innocent until proven guilty. So when I'm going into an interview, that's not my intention to dig up all their baggage. I have my own baggage. I don't like talking about it unless I tell you I want to talk about it. So on the interviews I do, um, it's really a person to person basis too. if you feel this connection and this comfort with someone when you're talking to them, they're going to open up on their own. Like you don't even have to start prying for information. Uh, And if it doesn't come in the first interview, you're going to establish a relationship and trust, which is the most important thing in journalism, in my opinion is building trust and forming relationships and eventually maybe they will open up to you so I think my first week on the job they're like hey we're gonna have you do a day in the life with Jay Cutler and my thought was kind of like an oh shit because there's a lot going on in the media about him he knows that he owns it yes Um, and so I think and I didn't know him that well at that point. And he's, he's pretty private too about certain things. So what I do prepping for those, I will have a conversation with the person either face to face or on the phone. And I, I say, what's, what's your biggest, Mm-mm. what do you not want to touch on? And I won't. And I keep my word there. Yes. Um, and and you can always skirt around it. Like he was very open to my interview with him. I didn't pry into relationship or family sure. um, I respect people's decision to keep that to themselves because I would want that too but I I just rephrase it like what trials have you gone through the past year what have you learned how much have you grown um, does the media talking about you bother you like I'll go there and then if they want to open yeah. up that can then I'll let them and I will be empathetic and genuine in my response.
0: It's so true. I remember, yeah, Aaron's clapping. Exactly. Um, Because in the end, isn't that what we want? We just want what's real and what's true and solid, honest dialogue, not gotcha Mm -hmm. moments where the person is like, oh, I'll never forget. I had, and I've become very close with him now, but Joe Francis who created Girls Gone Wild. And (laughs) once he came on my show once and then we started – You know, revving up to do another one. And we had a a conversation prior similar to what you're what you're explaining, Lindsay, like what's good, what's not. And I said to him, I it's not worth it. Like, I will totally respect if you say you're not you're not going to go there with something. I'm not going to go there. And he said to me, you remind me of because he used to be on Howard Stern in his heyday, like every other day. And he's like, that's exactly how Howard Stern was. And he honored it and respected it. And it's effing Howard Stern, right? So in the end, it's like that sort of lasting legacy um, that I think is so, you know, so crucial. And I love that you both are reflecting that. Um, Before we end here, because I know we're wrapping, there are two hot button pop culture topics. I just want to kind of get your fun you know, quick takes on um, being, you know, that you are in the, in the mix of it all. Guys, I have to ask you about Adam Levine and the IG model heard around the world. Okay. Oh, as the maroon five banner is on Aaron's head. Yes. Shining and glimmering with hope. And it's all going to tie together with my next topic. That's going to blow your minds, but yes, quick thoughts on that whole situation and how it's played out in the media.
1: She looks so, ex- do you want to wait?
0: I mean, <clears throat> I, all I'm going to say on
2: Fort. well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to qualify it. It won't be soon before long. Maroon 5's album from 2008 is incredible. This has been on my wall for a long time. What an interesting time for it to be uh, on a podcast. <laughs> 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 um, You know, there is no hope for any of us. Um, <laughs> That is what I've taken away. However, hmm. if, if, uh Bihati is truly unbothered, which is sort of like what we're getting at, right? Like she seems to not really, ca- I don't want to say not care. We don't know these people, but I mean, you can't, that is their relationship. We will never know the real story. We will never know what their dynamic is. So is it not great that he was doing that? Absolutely i do not condone what he was doing at all um it makes me feel like there's no hope for me but their relationship is their relationship and if they can move past it cool that's that's all i got
0: cool. <laughs> Lindsay,
1: my take is on the instagram model crying for attention please please shut up you're not relevant you're not going to be relevant. Now you're getting followers for the wrong reason. You're trying to ruin a marriage when um am so celebrities, athletes, usually it's not monogamous. They might think it is, but like, bitch, do you think you're the only girl he DM'd that night? No, if he's in your DMs, he's in 30 other girls DMs in that city, probably the I same day. Early. So my, of course, what he did is wrong. That's so stupid. So stupid. But I I don't know. I I like to look at the female sometimes too. And it'd be like, baby girl, take a seat. You're not, you're, he's not going to leave his wife for you. You're not going to find a boyfriend from what, what do you want to be known for the girl that Adam Levine cheated with? There's probably a billion of those.
0: I did. Yes. I did a whole episode on this. And so for anyone (laughs) listening, you can go back and revisit that little bad boy, but it's interesting to your point, Lindsay, which by the way, I'm living for that. I'm living for that whole, what just (laughs) happened but it's, it was interesting to me is right if you critique her behavior or crying for you know being the boy who cried wolf and all this when you're a full well-knowing adult part of this like your aunt like emily Ratajkowski right she's like if you're looking at her behavior you're anti-woman kind of thing and it's like come on give me a break okay. like right like that whole thing um pivoting to the next one when when you talk about athletes and famous people being monogamous which is hilarious I covered the SBs in LA one year and I asked them all um about this like what's is it a stereotype or is it for real with you know you guys cheating both men and women in sports and it was hilarious because some of them accidentally thought that I meant cheating in the sport and like one of their publicists came back and they're like wait can you they're not cheating in the sport like it was so funny I'm like I could see how you would mix that up yeah oops um, but you know, but it goes to say, right, like that kind of fat not excusing it, but that sort of fast paced life in the fast lane lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? So it's like to your point, Lindsay. It's like, come on, are we really that shocked? Like, we're not that naive. Let's let's stop. Yeah. So here's yeah. the last topic and a crazy twist of events. So, as you guys probably know, Rihanna is gonna be performing at the Super Bowl this year. So mm-hmm. she actually declined, I believe it was in 2019 the chance to perform because she was standing in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick, um, as we all know, who kneeled, um, you know, during the national anthem and all this. And at the time she had said, you know, I'm not going to be a sellout, right? I stand with Colin Kaepernick who replaced her that year, but Maroon five, like how this all has come full circle. Riddle me that, but hilarious, (laughs) but both, both of you, you know, given your work in both sports in pop culture, you know, your thoughts on this, because a lot of people are like, where's the lie? Like the hypocrisy, like a couple of years ago, you would have been a sellout and now you're performing at the Super Bowl. Now we don't know if she's going to do some sort of thing to maybe wear a Kaepernick Jersey, like whatever it is. Right. Like, we don't know that yet, but from what we're seeing so far and just all of that, how that's played out. Just your immediate, you know, thoughts on that? Bad
1: girl Riri is definitely scheming something. She's mm-hmm. definitely going to come out and make some type of statement. Um, mm-hmm. I do. I respect people's beliefs and their own stances, but I also believe in using your platform to get your message across without just crying about it or complaining about it. Yeah. So if she does want to take a stance and make a stand, this is literally the prime stage in the world to do that. So if she wants to do that in a respectful way (laughs) to the league and to honestly our country, then that's fine. It's whatever. I just, all of that, all of the NFL criticism, there's just always something. Someone's always mad at the NFL for something, but I still love Rihanna. I still stand with Rihanna no matter what.
2: Ditto. I really don't have anything else to to add on to that because that's you you just summarize it so beautifully, Lindsay. I I mean, given that I actually shared um something on story yesterday it was a quote from Rihanna. I'm not going to quote the entire thing correctly, but she said, you know, it takes a lot of grit and guts to dominate in a man's dominate in a men's dominated world, and I think it's so perfect that people are uh emphasizing these incredibly powerful traits of Rihanna as this news is coming out that she's gonna take the stage and I do think I, I definitely think she's she's scheming something um I think regardless of what she is a statement will be made just by the fact that it's her taking the stage right uh so I mean correct me if I'm wrong other than um uh Mary J Blige in last year's Super Bowl. Um, I don't think a a black woman on her own has headlined, we'll say the Super Bowl halftime show since Beyonce, right? Am okay. I right in that?
0: So that's that's kind of think- cool, yeah. right? So yay. And you know what? <laughs> I always say it on my show. It's like, I don't have to agree, but I'm here for it. And whatever, you know, angle you're coming at, that's the whole aesthetic. It's like, Cancel me. I dare you. Like, whether it's Rihanna up here at the Super Bowl, whether it's like whoever country music star saying what they got, whatever. It's like, I'm gonna stand in my beliefs and F you. Too bad if you don't like it. Um, yeah. which is what I live for. Again, don't have to agree, but I like to see it happening all over the place. Um, this has been so great. I love next time we do this, we gotta be in some swanky Nashville setting over cocktails right now. But I like that we got to see your guys's. Um, like you know set up in studio very cool and lastly just last words from you ladies you know again we're in a really interesting time right now to be in media because it's all upheaval people are leaving the traditional dinosaur like networks and know what everyone's streaming and this and that um how we consume what we consume again the culture clash right like the biases how are you hopeful and where do you see it going from here? Like how we interact, even with celebrities, people you interview, what it is all going to look like, do you think?
1: Uh, I'm hopeful in the fact that people are getting tired of the bullcrap, tired of the buttoned up news. They're not watching it as much. So I love the, the wave we're going on right now, where people just want real, genuine, authentic, mm. um, whether that's in your conversations or your appearance. Like I even feel silly with this job now having full hair and makeup, but I'm just so used to it. But so I, I love I love the way our world is moving towards um, just less is more and being real. And if, yeah. if you sound like a robot, talk like a robot, which is something I'm still trying to get out of every freaking day, <sighs> people don't want to listen to it. It's hard and, and it's a generational shift, but I don't think it's going anywhere.
0: Yeah.
2: Beautifully said, Lindsay. Yes. And beautifully said, Taylor. Um, I I will leave us with uh, a quote from none other than Zach Hansen of the band Hansen from uh, the late 90s, who was still one of the best bands of all time. Anyway, I interviewed him a little while ago and what he said will stick with me. And it's literally my life goal. There is a difference between taking up space and creating a space on these platforms that we use to do what you're trying to do, right? Taking up space, what are you contributing? Is it helpful? Is it enlightening? Or are you Just, you know, being hateful or being robotic or being fake, but are, or are you creating a space? uh, I think like we have today where we have a genuine, real dialogue, we're giving credit where credit is due, we're being honest um, and we're seeing things both ways and that's creating a space. And so as long as I am creating a space for positive progress, whatever you want to call it, then I'm going to be satisfied with what I'm contributing to this space. And uh, I see you ladies doing the same thing. So,
0: yay. Beautifully said. Thank you, ladies, for walking the walk and paving the way. And with that, that's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you.